Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot to get through tonight. Joining me, as always, back up to a full team, Liam, Pete, Ted. Welcome, gents. Good evening. Good evening, mate. Evening. All good. We've got a lot to cover this week. Um, we're doing some top fives this week. We can discuss more than top fives if you want with certain positions, but we're action-packed with QB and Edge. Uh, we'll just quickly run through the talking points of the pro days this week and then into our Fix the Franchise where this week we have Giants, 49ers, Patriots, and Packers. Um, quick question. Ever known, never known a postseason like it, and never known an off-season like it. More QB trade stuff. Um, I think enough has been said about the Watson stuff. Um, where do you start with it all? It's, it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy, yeah. crazy off-season. I will say one thing. It's terribly hard to try and like start a show for a podcast about free agency and and do a draft podcast and try and predict where these players are going to go. When every single day, almost last week, it looked like the team's landscape completely changed. And some teams never had picks. Some teams have got more picks now. So I cannot remember an off-season as jam-packed as this. Like I was getting alerts every time. I mean, last week I got an alert live recording. It was it was. It's crazy. Which was excellent, by the way. Obviously, full disclosure, we are planning our Mega Mock, which weren't, went really well last year with collaboration with some other UK kind of content creators. Um, I think there's four teams with four picks in the first um, first two rounds, which is amazing. Just that many teams with that much draft capital. Um, could Houston have got more? I look at this trade and think, I think you could have got a bit more there. What do you think? Because Houston are kind of doing exactly what they did the same last off season, almost seemed like an expansion franchise, just taking loads of uh, average free agents again on short-term contracts. What did they actually get? Was it three firsts, <coughs> a third, and a few other bits and pieces? That, that, that's not a bad haul, I guess, for someone who was probably never going to take another staff for them. So they had very little leverage that way, I guess. If, if Watson was adamant he wasn't going to play. So I think, I think they've done okay out of that, um, to be fair, for, for someone who wasn't, like, wasn't going to take the staff for them. Can I say as well, like with the situation he's in, I think just take your, take what you're given and walk away, I think. I mean, you know they're going to rebuild, so try to ask for too much. Some deal could have fell through maybe and you're stuck again holding the bag. So I think potentially could have... If, it was just you just trade him for him, but with the situation he's in, I think, uh, uh, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, you would have thought that 
Mayfield might have been part of the deal go the other way to whether who's put a kibosh on that, whether it's Houston didn't want him or Mayfield didn't want to go. Or, <laughs> uh, that, 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 that's what he, he thought they would have been asking for. They're loaded with say they're loaded with secondary players, and there was no players went the other way. You look at they've like got kind of three, <clears throat> three viable safeties, three decent corners. You thought that at least Houston could have got one of those younger players, maybe as part of that trade to sort of put in their own lineup as a a piece to build around, maybe. Yeah, yeah. their their whole strategy now is to get uh, veterans who aren't worth any money whatsoever, right. so it doesn't fit in with their current <clears throat> ethos. Yeah. To be fair, that, that comment about Baker Bayfield as well, saying we need an adult quarterback, that was quite scary, wasn't it? I mean, and then he sort of it spoke volumes. That. It spoke volumes, did, didn't it? It's not a thing you want to hear from general managers. And then, um, yeah, just, and then obviously his thing on Twitter and putting it out on Twitter and stuff, that's not how you sort of behave, is it really? When you be the uh, team then looking, looking to trade, you're hurting your own value, aren't you, surely? You're putting teams off here, so yeah. I was going to ask, where does he go? I mean, the only place you can really think of is Seattle. Where, where else? I mean, how bad is that? I mean, we said it last week. How bad is that Wentz deal? <laughs> Look, and you've got obviously within a few days, Matt Ryan goes to the Colts, which I, I think is really good. Um, and then you think, well, the Falcons are in play, and I truly believe that Smith thinks that he can get a similar output in Mariota that he got from Tannehill, giving a player a second chance in a QB friendly offense building around him and then obviously Tyreek Hill and put this to you as well how odd is it that in each conference arguably the two best most talented QBs have probably got the least good wide receiver unit in their teams yeah it's it's that Tyreek Hill one's a strange one isn't it that's he was asking obviously asking for for mega money his deal was coming to an end one year left on his deal and cut bait now while he can and obviously they've got a bit of faith in Mahomes and Rodgers to allow um to to top five receivers I guess to walk and they they still think they can produce I guess with with who you've got a quarterback you can still put a decent offense out there and be relevant that's that's the power of uh, an elite quarterback I'm scared for Rogers. Though. I mean, this Packers window is now. I mean, that's the whole point, wasn't it? To get keep Rogers around. This is your your window. Then, and Rogers is sort of a, a a player who needs a rapport with a receiver, doesn't he? The timings with Rogers and all that. And you've got Scantlin's gone out the door. He's only got Lazard left, who he's really got a bit of rapport with. So they're going to have to hit on this draft now. They have got a lot of picks, I'm sure. But if these receivers don't get build any rapport with Rogers, their window could shut. Pretty soon, but well, as Pete pointed out, around the, I mean, we'll find out what he's going to do later on. But they've not got a lot of depth in certain areas as well, um, and I'm expecting a splash at some point. Maybe hopefully it'll be live on the podcast while Pete is doing his <laughs> um, his Packers rebuild. Yeah, everyone um, turns social media off. Everyone put yeah. phones away from their DK Metcalf to the Packers mid draft. <laughs> so I'm expecting a splash, and I don't expect the Packers to have four picks in, in the draft when, when it rolls around. Um, I, I don't know why you'd put all your stock. Whilst, they, whilst the draft is receiver heavy, we'll hear from Ted on the receivers on, on another episode, but I, I can't believe that you're not going to go and get someone reasonably established to come in uh, if you've got a young receiver unit. But interesting times, interesting times. Okay, we've got a lot to get through. So 
let's start with QB, uh, most important position. Um, I think people have this consensus that this draft class is not very good in general because of the fact that the QBs are not guaranteed, not stellar. Where is your grades on them? How many first round grades have you got on these QBs? If you're drafting a QB in the first round, what do you expect to get? You expect to get a starter, right? If you're drafting one, you're uh, expecting 20%. someone to come into your franchise and start. So how many of these players are realistically doing that? That's my first question for you. Ted, we haven't heard from you. Good evening. Well, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you can um, judge it on the talent of the QBs, how many will go in round one. It's more how many teams are needy for a quarterback in round one. And the, with all the to and um throwing going on with the, the musical chairs of the, the, the quarterback free agency market, I, I can only see potentially three going. Uh, you've, got, you've got Carolina, you've got Pittsburgh probably. And then for me, maybe Detroit with their second pick, the 32nd one, they could go and pick someone for someone after Jared Goff. Um, but after that, I really don't see anyone taking one, um, which kind of works because I, I, I think you look at maybe, I mean, I'm sure everybody's got a different QB one, but you've got, you've got Pickett, you've got Willis, um, to a degree, you might have you know a favourite in uh, Coral or or Howell, but it, there's not many you could see. Uh, well, even starting in the future, there's certainly not none of them really possibly pick it who could start day one. But even with him, I'm not sure he could. So, I, I think if a team's forced to take one this year, you've got to hope that you've got someone who can maybe just you know take over for their first year. They can sit on the bench. They can just learn the the the, uh, the ropes because they're not going to come out and do a job. Um, it's certainly not as good as last year's talent. No, I think what you said there speaks volumes. If people are in love with these QBs, if, if people are all in on these QBs, why are we seeing so many off-season moves of QBs moving about? I think that speaks volumes, doesn't it? You've, you've got people, uh, teams who who needs need QBs there they feel they're in a position to challenge now you know stuff like your, your Denver for example and they've gone for the proven commodity they've given up future capital um even though we know probably next year you've got a couple of stellar prospects coming out um in Bryce Young and, and CJ Stroud potentially so at the end of the day I think that really speaks volumes so well let's get into the current prospects so Kenny Pickett Pittsburgh what do we know about him Ted you're a big fan of him so I'll probably come back to you again because I, I think he is your QB1 he's hugely productive right four year starter he is a super senior I think um it looks at his age Sam Darnold is actually I think only one year older than him and Darnold's been like in the league four years something I noticed when I started to watch and dive into him is actually how elusive he is this is not a what you'd consider a sneaky athlete, he is an athlete. He can move really, really well, really quick feet, doesn't panic with pressure, moves in and around the pocket, creating throwing lanes, genuinely athletic guy. We'll hear the knock on the hand size. I mean, the metrics are there for a reason. He'll wear two gloves. Okay, fine. Other players have worn gloves. Only time will tell on that. He played in Pittsburgh. He played outside. He played in cold weather. NFL ball's slightly bigger. (sighs) Depends what how you... What you define how much of a big deal if one or two inches is, <laughs> you know, what whatever. Um, I felt at times on kind of deep crossing deep balls in general, they were underthrown at times behind. I don't think he throws uh, at times with anticipation. Um, 
but I do like the fact that he kind of runs that line between gunslinging and putting foot on the brakes. Uh, maybe a bit too much for some people, but I I quite like that. And I, he has a bit of hero ball in him, and I think you need that. You don't you want to temper it, but you still want that inner player, don't you? So, what do you like about him, Ted? Um, that makes him your QB one because I think he is your QB one, right? He is. I, I think you kind of touched on it there, really. I mean, it, 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 uh, athletically, he's probably not as maybe as strong as as the, the likes of Willis and possibly Howell as well. But for me, it's the vision, um, the moxie he shows, and the decision making. And you you uh, came on that point where how you know he is aggressive, but he knows when to slam the brakes on. That's quite a big deal. Um, and we, we've seen QBs in the past who are incredibly gifted do very poorly in the NFL, and we've seen QBs who aren't so gifted. Tom Brady's a good example there. Who you know they've got the brain, they've got the smarts, and they turn out to be a great QB. I'm not saying Pickett's going to be Tom Brady, by the way. Just I'm saying I think that's more important than a guy that can fling it 80 yards. Um, the, the hand size thing. I mean, he threw fine in the uh, in the combine. I mean, in fact, he probably threw apart from Willis, he was probably the the next best. I don't have a problem with the hand size thing. The the the, the problem is is the fumbles. I think more than the actual ability to throw the ball because he did fumble a wee bit for for Pittsburgh, and that might be a concern. But um, as far as the arm talent's concerned, it, it, it's good enough to be a, a good NFL quarterback. It's whether he can make that transition into the next level for me. Yeah, I think also the offense he ran as well had genuine progressions uh, in it as well and genuine dropback concepts, which obviously translate translate well at the next level, which I don't think you can say about too many of the, the other prospects. Um, fellas, I'll come to you. Don't mind who speaks first, but is he your QB1? Is that my QB1? No. I've, okay. I've got Malik Willis number one. I think... Uh, what he showed at his combo in the pro day, how he's tested. Uh, I think, um, I think, I think, I definitely think he'd be my QB one. He says the athlete, the upside of him. I just think he's that dual threat quarterback is what you sort of want to see now in the NFL, sort of moving towards that sort of uh, play. And as I say, when he tucks the ball and runs, he's just incredible. He gets gets out like a Lamar Jackson, really. Make defenders miss easy. He's got the arm strength. We've seen that arm strength. We've all seen that video that's been passed around. He's got very good arm strength. He can make them throws as well. So I'd be hitting on the upside for Malik Willis. I think. Not sure where where he'd be drafted in the definitely first round, but I think uh, definitely QB one. I, I just think that possibly Josh Allen's success and his transformation from his technique point of view and his accuracy point of view has given some people a bit of hope that they can sort of turn these big-armed athletic QBs into uh, better pocket passes. But the sample size for success really is just Josh Allen. At this well, point. and Herbert, I think, as well. I think it's fair to say Herbert showed flashes at Oregon, but he was clearly held back by what they were running there when, when, when he was there in these kind of short movement pre-snap where he's almost throwing... 30% of his balls behind the line. Then he comes in the NFL and he makes throws that yeah. there's only yeah. two or three people, him, Allen and Rogers can probably make. And you think, what on earth were Oregon doing? They could have won a national championship with like installing something with him. <laughs> but yeah, but I think that might have been that Herbert already had it in him to do it. It's just that the offense wasn't allowed him to show it. But Allen, when he came in, even year one, Josh Allen wasn't particularly accurate as, as a passer. And then he has yeah. developed after He was just year running one. with him. Yeah, I think yeah, how he throws the ball now and the end product of it is, is, is 
night and day from when Josh Allen first came into the mm. league. And I think that might be giving some people false hope with Malik Willis that the sample size for success is, is pretty limited for that. So, yes, the, the, the ceiling is so it's probably highest of everybody for uh, his potential, Malik Willis. But I'm not entirely sure the, the chances of him reaching that ceiling are, are pretty small, I think. Okay, think... so it's just sorry, Liam. Just just say, are either of these two players your QB one, Pete? No. Okay, they're, we'll hold that. Hold that. Then. Um, so, Liam, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I lost the shadow of what now. Carry on, mate. Okay, no worries. No. So, talk. Let's get on to Willis then. Clearly, the most physically gifted, I think, of all the prospects. Um, the offense we talk about scheme. The offense there was not good. Um. His average depth of target, I think, looking at uh, nerding up on some of the PFF uh, next-gen stats type of stuff, I think his average depth of target was pretty high up there. I think he was in top five for all NCAA. He was also sacked more than any other QB in the whole of the NCAA last season, 51 times. Now, some of that, if you watch the old Miss game, where everyone, I think, was hoping to see him kind of bring up a level or two, um, he's holding on to the ball far too long. And, you know, you, if you're doing that at the college level, you're certainly not going to be doing that at the NFL level. But you have to remember uh, the program he's in there. Essentially, they were independent. They've moved into, oh, which one is it? The Cusa? No, it's not. I forget where Liberty have, have moved uh, offhand. We're not into uh, uh, college at the moment. We're in draft season. He's the complete standout player on that offense, right? So he's putting the team on his back. Now, whether that is running it, throwing it, whatever, thrown it to himself, Mr. Perfect style, if you can old enough to remember that from the WWF. Um, and I think, and I've written it, actually written here on, on the on the notes for the pod, people saw Herbert and Allen be average players in college and then show a huge progression and upset when they get to the NFL. People look at Willis and think they can do the same. You can open the entire playbook on his talent, but the issue is, will he be able to run that full playbook? And I think that's where that's what you've got to look at at the next level. Ted, come back to you. Where's Willis in the five? Uh, second. Okay, he is second. Comfortably as well, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, so I've got them flip-flop, but it's more like a 1A, 1B. Um, I'm with Liam. I'm, I'm betting on the upside, I think. But if you want a QB you can come in and play, I think Pickett is probably the most pro-ready. Um, but Willis is clearly going to have to just sit. The whole offense was essentially premeditated, read option concepts, looking at isolating certain players with with movement, jump balls on the outside. He, he rarely worked over the middle. If you look at his heat map on PFF, he rarely worked over the middle. If you're playing close games in the NFL, you're, you've got to work over the middle. I'd say what I said, I like the aura of him as I know we're not supposed to sort of judge on the man himself, but some of the things you see outside of the uh, the senior ball stuff like that, like clearing up after himself and being a leader and that sort he's of humble. thing. He's very humble, like I'm saying, the humility. I he's think that's a root for. Yeah, 100%. I think I think that's something you want to see in your locker room as well. I know that's like what we're measuring here, but even I think. He gave some homeless bloke a T-shirt. That was recorded. That was out of sight, supposed to be. But someone obviously recognised him and stuff like that. That was another story I read. I think things like that, you've, you've got to take into consideration with your quarterback. I think if they can lead a team like that, I, I like it. And like I said, I root for it. And that's what I 
want it as well. My QB. Also, I, I like the fact he's genuine. So they interviewed him at the senior bowl. He it just comes across so naturally. He even says himself, "Hey, I'm not ready to be starting yet. I just want to follow the whole process." You get some other QBs that they know they're the leader of the franchise. They come in. I mean, Sam Howell, bless him, he bores the life out of me. He's just standing there, stony face, like talking about going through the process. You know, all the standard spiel you hear. And Willis comes on. He's fairly. He seems fairly relaxed. He's fairly cool, and he's just genuine. And you can't help but root for someone like that. Quick question for you before we move on uh, to the next ones. We'll we'll get on to Pete's favourite. I think. Um, <clears throat> how much better of a prospect is? Or how similarly do you think prospects are with Malik Willis and Trey Lance last year? It's a bit They're different, really, isn't it? I, Is it? I, 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 well, why? We were talking I, about I, athletes. We were talking. We were actually even making fun on the pod about Trey Lance being a tight end. Me and you that, being them exact people making fun of it. But how are they different? Trey Lance went at three. So how is it different? I, th- I think it's slightly unfair on Willis because I think Willis is a little bit more polished than Lance is. Um, the, I, I think the question mark is, and you came up with it, is whether Willis can play when the office isn't geared around him. It's, it's, it's like Traylon Burks. You know, we, we know he's an incredible mm-hmm. talent. But we don't. We don't know whether he's going to be able to do it when he's part of a team. You know, he is the team at Arkansas. Um, it's it's the same with with uh, Willis at, at Liberty. So, but as, as far as uh, his, especially his arm. Um, and yes, all right, yes, there are similarities the way that they you know, can both run with the ball. But and, and I would take Willis over Lance uh, every time. Wow. And Lance went at three. I mean, I disagree with the fact that Willis is more polished. Lance, as the as that as we went through the whole draft process last year, it came more abundant that Lance called his own plays, called his own protections at the line, which Matt Corral doesn't do that. Desmond Ridder doesn't do that. Um, and I very much doubt Willis doesn't do that. He's probably looking at a sign of Homer Simpson and uh, someone from Futurama or something to, to say what play's coming in. So interesting you say that. Um, okay, well, we're talking about athletes. So let's get on to Matt Corral. So, Pete, he I'm assuming he is your QB1. He's my QB one. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Macarell. He's got a really quick release, hasn't he? He um, mm. he's got a, he's got a big. I think he's got the second best arm in the draft behind Malik Willis. And when he went to the Senior Bowl, you saw Malik Willis. It was day two with practice. Really separate himself when the when the wind got up and the weather was bad. He really separated himself. Nobody could get even close to his his arm strength. Kenny Pickett was throwing a lot of ball to people's ankles. It seemed him Carson Strong and people like that who you think have got good arms weren't, weren't holding on a candle to Malik Willis. I think Matt Corral is the only person who can get close to it. Um, I think he's mobile. He's an athlete as well. Uh, he, he can break tackles. He's quick. Uh, he's elusive in the pocket as well, which I really like. Uh, he, he, he's got the ability to throw off platform. So when he's under pressure, he can, he can different angles of his throwing release. He's got that. But also, I think when he's when he's under pressure, he can reset his feet quickly and get the ball out quickly because he keeps his eyes downfield as well. So when the when the the pocket is crumbling around him, he, sometimes he might tuck and run and get you a first arm that way, or sometimes he'll just take a quick side step, throw it side arm, 20, 30 yards downfield, straight into a bucket. There's a, there's a bit of a, there are, he's not a perfect prospect. I know he's number one in, in my eyes, but he's not a perfect prospect. So some of the scheme was sort of RPO heavy, I guess. And it's sometimes he would leave a, a clean pocket if his first read 
wasn't available. That that's something you want to see to stand in there, especially with his ability to manoeuvre in the pocket. He's got that ability to do that and, and wait for the second and third read to come available. But the, all the, the the traits and the tools, everything I want from my quarterback, and the the the, the swagger as well, which I think is quite important. The, the intangibles. Matt Corral's got everything I want from my my quarterback. It's just the the finer points that the scheme didn't allow him to develop in. That's that's not necessarily his fault. Shall I tell you what worries me about Corral? I was quite high on Zach Wilson last year, and I see similar types of things with him. And I'm uh, I'm kind of feel as if I'm slightly burnt. Not that Wilson is you can't wave him goodbye yet at all, but there's there's worrying traits around around yeah. some of the mistakes that he was making, which uh, I expect with Corral. But then you're like saying the same: Corral shouldn't start day one. Uh, yeah, Corral's got just the, the finer point of being a quarterback of the NFL to to work on the, the things where it is making sure you go through your reads um, and having faith that the, the, those people are going to become open. Because uh, you just throw them into those tight windows. He's not afraid to take challenges on, uh, but it, it is it is some of the, the finer points which he's not had the exposure to, which I'm, I can't really hold him back for that. Mm. I think with regards to the the, the Zach Wilson likeness, I think. There was a real development in 2020 to 2021 for Corral with the how he was protecting the ball better. He wasn't turning the ball over anywhere near as much. So I think there was there was signs of growth and development in that because that was a legitimate concern as well. But I think he's, he's, he's on the right track to correcting that. Okay, fellas, where does Corral sit with you in your five? I've got him second. Oof. Yeah, I've got him just over picky. Oh, sorry. Uh, third. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm a right, yes. bit, um, he's, he's four for me. I'm a little bit scared. I've Ooh. got Howell in at three. Um, I disagree with Pete on the arm talent. I think Sam Howell has got a very live arm. I think he's got the ability to make all throws. He throws, I think, the potentially the prettiest deep ball and probably the most accurate deep ball. Um, you're obviously not throwing that all the time in the NFL. I like, like I said, he kind of bores me a bit with his whole process, straight stony face. You don't see much of the character, but you read about him. He is a leader for that team. He lost so much. And we're talking about Willis winning a game for Liberty by throwing it or by running it. That's what Howell did this year. Nobody, I think nobody really knew that he could, he was capable of doing that. Now you, you obviously not drafting him to run, but I think it shows volumes that he can put the game on his back and he can run with it. He can he can throw from a, from how he throws the ball. I I think there's pretend not that I'm a QB coach, far from it, but there there looks to be issues with where he points his feet at times and and weight transfer. I'm sure he'll be working with QB coaches as they all will. Going into the draft, I forget who Jordan Palmer's working with. Carson Strong. That's Strong. That's right. He needs to do a better job. <laughs> um, so, but, but I don't think I don't know why everyone is so low on Hal. I don't get it. Maybe one of you can say if you are low on him, then why you are low on him? Uh, I'm not. I'm. I've got Howell just behind Pickett, and Pick, Howell's my third. 
So that's I'm, I'm quite high on how I, I think he's. I think he'll be a success at the, at the next level. He's got interesting. He's a, so your Corral Pickett, Pickett Powell. Powell Willis. Right. Okay. I, I won't say my, my fifth one just yet, but yeah, I, I'm I'm high on Howell as well. I I we've done a few mocks and I'd taken him inside the top ten. I took him to, to the Panthers once when they were. I think I did ninth yeah. ninth or tenth. I think it's a that's a logical one. I think he's he's got a, he's got a good arm. I don't think he's as good as Corrales, if I'm honest. Uh, but he, he can get the ball deep down the sideline. You can see he's got he's got a bit of touch on it as well, which is probably something better than what Corral has. Like Corral has got a bit of one pace with his, with his mm. throws. He rifles them into tight windows. He also rifles them in when it's not tight windows. And it's mm. um, I think Howell's got a Catch bit this. better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Howell's got a bit better touch on his on some of his deep balls as well. Um, and you see, he lost a lot of talent, and he was behind a poor roll line. So they have to change the whole scheme, so he can add that running dimension to his game as well. The RPOs, he was bouncing off tackles. He was, he went over eight hundred yards rushing last year, which is something which I never thought he'd, mm. he'd have in him. To be fair, so it's certainly another sort of feather in his cap. But I, I'm really high on somehow. I think um, I think he'll be a success. Okay, Ted, where is he for you? A four. I, I, I think you got the top two and then the kind of muddle for me. So yeah. I, I'm not particularly low, but I'm not particularly high on him. I, it's, it's not a guy I'd pick in the first round, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he did well at the next level. But yeah, they're just all you know, a group behind the first two for me. I agree. I agree with that. I think that's interesting. Pete's gone the other way. So uh, you've got Corral at three? Who me? Yes, yeah. Corral at three. Yeah. And, okay, and, Liam. And how at four. I've got Howell at fifth because uh, I've had to stay on brand and put my guy at fourth. Okay, <laughs> fine. Um, you're talking about Carson Strong. Um, yeah. Okay, so you're sticking loyal to him. It seems as if the we can't obviously we're just musing about um, injuries and stuff because we don't know. But it seems as if that is potentially a concern. The knee injury. Apparently, in interviews, he had no concept of protections um, <laughs> and not even able to kind of. Uh, talk about his own plays at times on, on, on the whiteboard. But you like what you see on the field. Uh, that was it, yeah. To be fair, like, uh, the senior bowl did, did give me a few red flags, to be honest. Watching him come out and sort of playing the last sort of snaps and he was missing his throws, to be fair. But if you trust what you see on tape, I, I think he's not, like I say, he's not, he's not a first-year starter. He's one of you want to sit, sit first-year, year one, and use his physical traits to sort of see what happens in year two there. Because he's got a great deep ball, probably just one of the strongest arms. Got a great touch on his ball. He's proper, real pro- traditional pocket passer. It's just that, yeah, that that senior ball did worry me a little bit. And obviously a bit of higher talent, playing with some higher talent, didn't look as good as I thought it would. But I still, like I say, I still think he's a... He's a good quarterback, co- quarterback coach in an NFL level. I think he's got the traits to be good. I think he has the traits to be a very good backup. <laughs> oh, they all, they're all going to be backups. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let's get on to Desmond Ritter as well, because I find him a really interesting prospect, because from a off-field intangibles leader, I don't think he ever lost at home, did he? I think that was the... The stat was Cincinnati. He never lost at home. Leader of the locker room. Kind of a he's a he's a young dad. Got a young kitty. Everything you want from character perspective. But there's a lot of I think there's a lot of uh, technical issues that we talk about. Um, I talked about Howell. I think with Ridder, there's 
even more around placing and setting his feet. Um, he's inaccurate. Pete mentioned earlier around Josh Allen improving accuracy in the NFL. He's an outlier. There's not too many people that, that come in and become more accurate, improve your accuracy. Now, you don't have to, as we've seen with players like Cam Newton, you don't have to have your 70% accuracy, but you better have something else in your locker, which he does have. He can run, he can move. It surprised me how quick he actually was um, from a straight line. I thought he was just kind of initially bursty, but where else, where have you guys got him from Ridder's perspective? I've got him. Sorry, Ted, I didn't let you go. No, I was, I, 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 he is my fifth, but kind of by default because of the, his athletic ability. Um, I've been pretty critical of him um, throughout this year, but he does have that upside, and I get what you're saying. But so, but I, I don't like the decision making. I think he makes bad throws, um, and he's inconsistent and he's inaccurate. So I, that, that worries me. I certainly want him. Try, I wouldn't want him trying out as my starting quarterback week one or anything like that. And I think. When you made the comparison with Lance and Willis, I think Lance and Ritter is probably a bit more accurate for me. Oh, Ted doesn't like Lance, yeah. does he? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out whether he's really high on Willis or he's just really low on Lance. He hates him. Go on, uh, Pete. Probably Ritter, a bit of Ritter. both. Yeah. What do you see with Ritter? I've, I've got Ritter sixth. Um, I think I said Malik, as a runner, Malik Willis is more elusive and able, able to break tackles and, and make people miss in open space. Ritter's just... A straight line athlete, hmm. uh, which I think Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, even Sam Howell might be not as quick, but they've, they've also got that ability and they're all much better passes, much more accurate passes. So he's behind the passes in, in, in accuracy levels, he's behind the athletes in being able to make people miss it and get yards that way. So I'm not entirely sure what he does well. Uh, that he, he can wins. He, he does win, yes. But if, if you're a QB wins stat guy, then yes, get him, draft him. But I'm not. Um, I'm not entirely sure what he does well. He doesn't do anything well enough. That the, I've got Carson Strong as my fifth. I there's no outstanding traits, is there? That's yeah, the, yeah. The, the, he's, there's he's, there's he's, nothing he's, you can hang your hat on apart from character. But being Ted like Jalen Hurts because he's a winner. Why? 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 Don't you and probably me, Ted, why don't we feel the same way about Ritter as we do Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts is not the most talented guy. I, I, I think it's more the competition uh, that we've just seen. I, I think that's, I, that's always going to be the problem for me. You're taking a QB from a smaller school. I mean, that's that's not fair. We don't know what he can do at a higher level, but that is a question mark for me. And that, that that's why I would like to, you know, I'd much rather see Hurts on my team than I would Ritter at this point. I will say that that combo was good from, from Ritter, to be fair. You've got something to work with there. If you can get him into a, a good team and good coaching, you've got a ball of clay there that you could probably mould into to something decent at NFL level, I'd say. I just think that, that athletic ability is outstanding. He's very um, toolsy. He does have a good arm. Yeah. He, does, I just, he, he really does. But it's it's the decision-making. And I yeah. don't know how coachable that is. Where would you have in What round would you feel? End of the second? Where would you, would you think? I mean, a lot of these teams are insulated now. And a lot of these teams don't need... If he stays out, I'm picking a quarterback this draft, so we struggle to see what happens. Some of them will just 
there's a lot of players, a lot of depth. So second round, if you don't need one, why bother taking one? So it'd be quite hard to predict where they're going to go. That's the issue, I think, when you get past the initial teams. Um, I think you can add the Saints to your list, Ted. Potentially, I know they've got Winston, yeah. but I mean, you know, that's. But Falcon once you get past Seals. that, just say for example, like Carolina. Uh, Pittsburgh and New Orleans all take QBs and Howell and Ritter on the board. Who's taking them? Tennessee Titans. D- Detroit. <sighs> yeah, potentially. I-, I think they quite like Goff. I think they quite like what they can work with him with Goff. And they've they've got a... Uh, ooh, I'd have to look next year. 2023. Have the Lions got a first round? Uh, have they got a second yeah, got a, next year? I think yeah, they, they have. Got, they've got the Rams as well. Though. Yeah, so they can, you know, they can go all in next year if they want to on on a better class. So I don't know. Do you want to waste potentially a really good first round prospect of uh, someone you get a fifth year option with Edge Russia? I think there might be a little run on Edge at the end of the first round. Do you want to waste that on a QB who may or may not replace Goff when you can save your pick for a, a stellar talent next year? I don't know. The Falcons have got two second round picks. Teams with two second round picks, but then who are they? Uh, Packers, Chiefs. <laughs> it's tricky. Where do you, where, you know, that's where you can see some of these names falling. It wouldn't surprise me if some of these. QBs in our top five fall to the third round. Yeah, I could agree with that. I can't, so, I can't see. I can't see. Sorry, I can't see Falcons and Seals picking the second guy that high. Do you know what I mean? Must be not. Uh, I think. I think Ridder. If you looked at last year's draft, you'd put him in like the same bracket as uh, like Kellen Mond, Davis Mills. That yes. uh, like, was it like early third round. I think yeah. that, that would be fair enough. Yeah. 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 Absolutely would. Absolutely would. Yeah. Um, any, we need to move on because I think I don't. Th- I think that the fact we all have different top fives is not surprising, to be honest. Because I think everyone has different top fives for the, for the QBs. Any um, kind of sleepers with the QBs? Bailey Zappi, not particularly high, could potentially be back up. What about um, Caleb Ellaby, West um, Michigan? Yeah, had a good. Yeah, that's the one I think I'd be inclined to take a chance on. He's not not particularly toolsy, but he's he's accurate and doesn't turn the ball over. That's mm. what I want. That's what I want from my backup QB. Yeah. To be fair, on the practice squad, you can get the ball to your receivers, and when if, if, if he's forced into action, you can tailor a game plan where, okay, hopefully you've got a good defense and hopefully you've got a good running game. Just don't turn the ball over and keep keep hold of the ball, um, and make wise decisions with it. So. Caleb Elby is the one I'd be looking at on day three, I think. He's not, his upside is possibly limited, but you draft him to be a backup. Absolutely. And there's value in that. I, I yeah. quite like Jack Cohn as a, as a guy later on. I, I, I think uh, he, he wasn't really flattered at, at Notre Dame, and he, he's certainly got the traits. He's got the arm strength. He's got the decision-making. He goes through his progressions well. Um, I, I think if you can get him into a, a scheme that will uh, you know, suit him, you know, he'll be a decent backup and who knows, he might take that extra step. But he, he's one out of the later ones that I would be uh, keeping an eye on. OK, let's just read it through then. So, Pete, one to five, name them again. Uh, it was yeah, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, 
Malik Willis, Carson Strong. Ted? Uh, Pickett, Willis, uh, Coral, uh, Howell, Howell, and uh, Ridder. Uh, Liam? Uh, Willis, Coral, Pickett, Strong, Howell. Wow, and then I was uh, Willis, Pickett, Howell, Corral, Ridder. All different. I love it. I love it. Okay, just breaking in here. Since we uh, looked at the recording length of this episode, decided to break it into two parts. So finished part one, QB and all the carnage of the free agency. Uh, Please join us in the second part for uh, quite an in-depth discussion on a fantastic edge class. So um, join us after the break. As always, we are on the clock. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.